Well, it's it's just this time of year, man. If it's like um, a witchy photo shoot or a pumpkin thing, or it's like uh, some sort of like concert that's like Halloween, like I can't resist. It's my uh, it's my kryptonite. Anything Halloween themed, I'm just like I'm all in. So mm. yeah, me too. This is why this is why we do this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're gonna do here is if you're listening to Sheena's Jungle Room and you're listening to Stop Hitting Yourself, the first hour is going to be um, Halloween, my Halloween special with um, Courtney, our Halloween special. Um, our Halloween. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. if if you go over to Radio Mysterioso, there'll be another hour or so on top of that. So um, Courtney's picked a bazinga bugga, 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 um, <laughs> bummer, bum load of... Uh, um, songs and i've got i don't know 20 or something like that so uh I, as I always don't know why yeah go ahead i i thought i thought after like uh, we're going in year three i'm like oh it's gonna be harder to find things that i have and i'm like man no it was like, easier this year <laughs> yeah i think so i think well because of uh, youtube algorithms too is maybe it's recommending things but no i did some digging i found some fun stuff that's like off the beaten path of traditional kind of halloween songs so i'm very happy with that yeah in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about Radio Mysterioso? Who's going to start? <laughs> well, you always start. One, you're the oh, guest. Two, you're a gentleman. Yeah, two, <laughs> you're the woman. I'm going to let you go first. And plus, you're um, a long time ago, your your nose for sniffing out weird songs has surpassed mine. So I'm kind of scared that someday you'll get a weird music show and I'll just be ashamed. No. <laughs> our, our powers combined. That's right. So what do you want to start with? Okay, so um, I first I was going to start off with uh, is a song by Lonesome Wyatt and his holy spooks called Halloween is Here. Um, it was released in October 1st, 2013 off um, an album of the same title. So this dude, Lonesome Wyatt, he's the front man for uh, this Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, gothic country doom band. That's right. Gothic country doom band. So it's like a combination <laughs> of gothic rock. Is there any other kind? Ca- <laughs> cow- yeah, right? 
uh, uh, but it's a combination of yeah, gothic rock, cowpunk, Americana, and doom metal, um, with like a lot of themes of sin and damnation, misery, uh, religion, and death from um, this band called Those Poor Bastards. So uh, it's just basically Those Poor Bastards is is Lonesome Wyatt and this other dude, the Minister. Um, they're very secretive about their actual uh, identities. No one really knows what their real names are. In fact, the minister, no one's even seen him. Like he's on the albums and he covers his face and then he never does the live shows. They have another guy that comes in um, that actually uh, plays the uh, the shows with Lonesome Wyatt and the minister is never seen. So it's a lot of mystery surrounding this band, which I think is too, it's totally groovy. Um, but they've been, uh, yeah, at it since 2004. They've got like nine albums. And God he has damn, you've done of- your homework. I'm just, I know. I'm going to be... I- I- I have I know something about some of the songs. Like I looked up something on Spike Jones because it was interesting to me. You know something about everything, so continue to put me to uh, shame, and you tell me when you want me to hit play. I'm just a nerd. Leave me be. Uh, okay. So anyway, they. Uh, no, yeah, I'm, they I'm jealous. I mean, I mean, come on. This is great. I love hearing these stories. So yeah, they uh, that that's that is um, uh, those poor bastards, and then Lonesome Wyatt also has this other side project, which is this one, Lonesome Wyatt, Wyatt and the Holy Spooks. And uh, on the Facebook page, he describes this project as strange and sad music from a time that never was. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can check him out at lonesomewyatt.com. And uh, as I said, this album, um, I had to kick off the show with this because it just uh, it just puts the mood right for Halloween. Okay, here we go. Um, Lonesome Wyatt and the Holy Spooks with Halloween is here. So many terrible beasts to be You're not you and I'm not me So many mean old tricks to treat And raven claws instead of feet Tonight like me a perfect night for creeps like me a perfect night for creeps like me a perfect night for creeps like me
Villains and meanies tracking me down. Nightmare. Devils and genies floating around. Nightmare. Witches and goblins walking on air.
terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> Wow, Bob McFadden. Very uh, famously, Bob McFadden uh, from the Songs Our Mummy Taught Us album, which is an amazing record and probably one of my favorites and probably one of yours too. Can you hear me there, Courtney? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was actually on the, uh, you put some tracks from that, I think, uh, on the first uh, mixed uh, tape. We, we exchanged mix CDs when we first met on the uh, on the film set of uh, um, uh, the vampire movie that we were both working on. And uh, I believe there was definitely some songs from our, from Mummies on that one. Uh, okay, I which yeah. track, though. <laughs> I can't remember either. I mean, there's some, I, I think the Shriek of Agony's on there and I'm a Mummy. That's one of my favorites. I'm a Mummy. That was the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Son of the I- Mummy was probably on there, too. <laughs> I'm the son of the mummy. Yeah, so that was <laughs> approximately from the same time when Bob McFadden. See, I should probably look this up because I think he's he may be Rod McEwen, but no, I, I, uh, he's always credited separately from Rod McEwen, the the famous uh, cheesy poet um, who wrote words and music for both this mm-hmm. and the songs our mummy taught us album. So before that was um, yours, Merv Griffin, House of Horrors. Yeah, I was surprised to find this track, too, because I didn't really know Merv Griffin um, from his music. Like, I know the name Merv Griffin from growing up and seeing it at the end of, like, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune when I watched it when I was a kid with my grandparents. But, uh, yeah, he had a huge singing career. Um, He did, like, um, big band stuff. He was on Broadway. Apparently, Doris Day discovered him and, like, got him um, uh, into movies as well. He didn't really have any, like kind of leading man roles i guess because he was slightly thicker set or whatever which was a a bit of a problem for his image Uh, he wasn't like a slender leading man but he still got a couple of um movie roles as well um and then yeah he had a bunch of like novelty hits he did like i've got a lovely bunch of coconuts which was like one of my (laughs) my favorites when i was a kid but i didn't realize that was the same guy and then um i was reading through uh, all this different uh, stuff oh yeah he also did um 
uh, uh, sorry, it was a uh, uh, an uncredited role as the radio announcer in this 1953 horror science fiction classic, classic, uh, The Beast from 2000 fa- or 20,000 Fathoms. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to look that one up, I'm sure that would be an interesting listen. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I, I have I have another um, two that can be used on Halloween. And one of them is just called House of Horrors, but he doesn't sing on it. I don't know how it's him. <laughs> and the other one's the Screaming Mimi's from Planet X, also Merv Griffin. Nice. Yeah. And then I fa- I read this hilarious anecdote I found yeah. as well, too. That was um, so apparently uh, he he admitted uh, quite early on in like, the, you know, back in the day when no one really talked with these things. But he admitted to being a pansexual. Um, and he, he actually he, he had a famous quip that he would make where he, when he was talking about his sexual orientation, he's like, I tell everybody that I'm a quarter sexual. I'll do anything with anybody for a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, like he was secretive about his personal life. Um, he was married to uh, Julianne Wright, I guess, from 1958 to 76. They had a kid. Uh, they divorced, but they, they still remained friends. But um, yeah, I knew him as the TV mogul, but he had this like uh, ra- rather exciting life. We all knew him as a guy that had a talk show. Yeah. He yeah. had a talk show all through the 70s. He'd always have people on and say, oh, wow, now today we're having um, whoever they would have on, you know, um, um, Dirk Benedict's coming on today or Dirk something. Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real person or did you just make that up? No, Dirk Benedict was an actor in the original um, uh, Battle, yeah, Battlestar Galactica show. Oh man! Okay, now I feel like uh, now you're the nerd. <laughs> yeah, no, I should have known that. Total goddamn uh, that, that's nerd. A, that's, a, yeah. that's a great handle, though, Dirk Benedict. Yes, I don't even Excellent. know if that's his real name. Probably it was. Uh, before any for, any more on Merv there. Uh, no, I think that about wraps it up for Merv. And then we had a little bit from uh, Jack Turner as well. Uh, Jack, uh, the singing river boy Turner. Uh, it's not to be confused with happy Jack Turner. That was a piano player from like the 1920s and 30s and not hobo Jack Turner. Uh, who was another uh, uh, rockabilly country star of the time. This was oh, yeah. uh, uh, Jack Turner, a.k.a. the Singing River Boy. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, he did a bunch of uh, uh, interesting kind of novelty rockabilly hits. I think his biggest hit that he's known for is Everybody's Rockin' But Me. Um, but he was actually a very accomplished artist as well. He was like a painter and drawer. And I, I, I find that song, The Nightmare One, it's just so visual, you know. It's got a lot of these amazing imagery and, of course, some excellent uh, sound effects throughout it. So maybe that's why. But it's uh, it's listed on uh, YouTube as a surreal horror hillbilly song so of course i had to throw that in yeah uh <laughs> after that uh, that uh, we skipped over was uh, russian roulette by the zanies apparently i looked up a little bit on the zanies and all they did was uh halloween and horror movie uh, movies songs yeah and yeah, so this yeah, one was like yeah russian roulette which i knew i had to play that because all it is as you heard was every every few measures you hear the the, the uh, cylinder of a, a revolver <laughs> being spun and then a click <laughs> and the That's whole awesome. if you're listening to the song you're like Gah! every time it does that at the end of course there's a big explosion <laughs> that doesn't sound like a gun it sounds like a bomb going off in a movie and then the, the music slows down but uh-huh. um whoever the zanies were they did some great work um yeah and you get the feeling it was uh somebody's side project or a studio band with you know like a producer writing crazy songs and uh a lot of halloween songs fall under that actually yeah. And I, th- when you, I think there'll be more on here. I I, I believe. Yeah, that 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 little list was a. It's a lot of kind of classic novelty ones there. When you told me you were going for Russian roulette, I thought you meant you were just going to randomly pick a song off your list. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was the name of the just title. Just do that. <laughs> right, we should uh, next time, next year. All right, that's the plan. Okay, yeah, um, we'll just do it. We'll just do a. Um, d- we'll mix our lists together and hit shuffle. There we go. And see what oh, happens. Uh... Yeah, Russian roulette. <laughs> All right, it's on. 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of veering at a novelty, I guess, on my list now. I'm going into some more uh, progressive space rock. Yeah. Um, I, I, pay, I Actually, I discovered this band, I think, just about a year ago, uh, just kind of randomly through just kind of, you know, delving down the rabbit holes of YouTube, YouTube yep. and discovering new things. And it's this band called Gong. Um, they're this international progressive rock band. Uh, and they incorporate elements of jazz and space rock into their musical style. Um, they were, were formed in 19... 19- yeah. yeah. Well, well they, they still have an incantation. So this wow. is the thing. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so they, they were formed by, uh, there was this Australian dude, David Allen, and then he had his partner and wife was this English uh, singer, uh, Jilly Smith, and she's going to be singing on this track. Um, so apparently how the band formed, uh, they were on vacation. They were on a bus tour of France in 1967, and then he was denied re-entry into England uh, because of an expired visa. So they just settled in Paris and started a band, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is amazing. But it's a really like an international affair. They have members of, in their band that are from the USA, from France, from Fiji, from Japan. So it's a really like an eclectic bunch of uh, things that are that are going on there. Uh-huh. Some some of the uh, the earlier incarnations of the band, uh, like the earlier stuff, uh, which they refer to as Proto Gong, um, it was a little bit more kind of psychedelic pop. But then they really kind of got into this sort of like spacey, jazzy, uh, uh, you know, sort of eclectic thing that became their signature sound. And actually, when they found that sound, they debuted it in 1969 at the small Belgian film festival. And you know who introduced them to the stage? It was a reportedly bemused Frank Zappa. So apparently he, <laughs> he, he was rather uh, he was picking up what they were putting down. Um, so, yeah, that would totally make sense when you hear this. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can definitely feel flavors of flavors of Zappa and a bit of uh, our favorite, of course, I think a bit of Bonzo's Bonzo Dog Duda band, which is, of course, my, my, my favorite band. You know that I always blab about them on this Halloween special. But it's, it's, some, it's something about the saxophones in this. It's really going to make you think of uh, of, of, um, of of Bonzo's. So, uh, yeah, they uh, they had a couple different albums and then they released their best known work. It's this the allegorical Radio Gnome Invisible Trilogy describing the adventures of Zero the Hero, the Good Witch Yoni and the Pothead Pixies from the Planet Gong. And so that's what this track is from. And the name of this track is called Witch's Song. I am your pussy. From 1973, this is Gong. Thank you. 
Right back, what a odd man for dinner. You pick him up, you lick him, dung him, bongs. Right back, what a odd man for dinner. Them say the cat got a nine life, but this man got 99 life. Cause them pick him up, them lick him, dung him, bongs. Right back, what a odd man for dinner. Them wild, one pot of chocolate tea, and all the fried fish they caught in the sea. They also got six quarts of rum, saying that they waiting for the night night to come. The last time I heard them say that this man was dead. Them biting blacker eyes and them lay it all. On his head. Now the procession leads to the cemetery. The man Allah, don't you bury me? You pick him up, you lick him down in bongs right back. What a hard man for dead. Chocolate tea and all the fried fish they caught in the sea. They also got six quarts of rum, 
saying that they waiting for the night night to come The last time I heard them say That this man was dead Them biting black eyes and them lay it all upon his head You should see them going to the cemetery The whole man holler out, don't you bury me Then drop the box and run, what a whole lot of fun What a hard man for dead Pick him up, you lick him down, him bongs right back. What a hard man for dinner. Pick him up, you lick him down, him bongs right back. I am a hard man for dinner. Shot a black sea, what I really ought to get me is an hour as these. My heart out tonight. I lost C note in Reno off of Kino and craps. And now Smokey's on the overpass of settling his traps. White lines of laser burning holes in my eyes. Feeling like I'm hypnotized. Think I'm gonna die. Interstate 80 gonna give me no sleep. Just a winking and a blinking with a stinking load of sheep. Walking along, holding hands with my guy When all of a sudden his breath became quick His eyes began flashing, these words fell from his lips I'll take you to the Baudelaire 
Yeah, yeah. So we had a song about uh, mashed potatoes and then a song where you could do the mashed potatoes. <laughs> that was the perfect tie-in. Did you plan that? <laughs> that no, that's Russian roulette. Um, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That was the Voodoo Walk. And I, as far as I know, Sonny Richards' Panics with Cindy and Misty did only one other song. God, what's this flip side? I don't know what the flip side is because I didn't do the research like you did. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the Voodoo Walk from 1962, I think. And I told Courtney, I thought it for some reason I thought it was a, a, a disco-ish song because I was looking up some other song that had two women uh, singing, but it wasn't that one. So yeah, Voodoo Walk. Before that was uh, Courtney's choice, which was um, C.W. Right. McCall, famous for C. W. Uh, McCall. famous Convoy, for course. Convoy. Yeah, my God. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, okay. So like, I again, I did my little nerdy research. Um, Thank but you. But yeah, so, so, so the, the C.W. McCall, uh, that was a character that he came up for. Uh, the, 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 the guy who wrote this song, he goes by C.W. McCall on, right. um, on his albums. His name is William Dale Freeze Jr. Ah. Um, but he, he was actually working as a creative director for this advertising company, Bozell and Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> and he created this character, C.W. McCall. It was for this. Um, I, I was. I'm actually. I'm watching um, a documentary, the Ken Burns one on uh, on country right now. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, fan, it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm on the third um, or fourth one now. Yeah. But I, just... I, I didn't. I, I didn't realize how much music was sponsored by like bread and baking powder and things like that. It was, yeah, yeah. It was big business. Yeah. Big business down there. So anyway, he was doing an ad campaign for Old Home Bread uh, and Metz Baking Company. <laughs> So he created he created this character, uh, C.W. McCall, who was like a truck driver. And then the, the character had these interactions uh, with this waitress, Mavis Davids. And uh, so they, they, they were played by actors on TV. Uh, but it was actually Fries who wrote the songs and sang them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this guy he, that he worked with, who, who you might also know, Chip Davis, who was composing the music. 
Um, so based on the success of the commercial campaign, uh, that led to them like making a bunch of these trucker songs under the um, you know um, moniker of C.W. McCall. Mm-hmm. So he had these other songs like Home, uh, Old Home Filler Up and uh, Keep On Trucking Cafe, Black Bear Road. And he did this song, uh, Wolf Creek Pass uh, and Night Rider. And Knight Rider was actually, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was his first um, uh, hit that actually hit the charts. The next year after all these songs in 76, that's when he came up with Convoy. And he basically became like a household name. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most iconic kind of country songs. But before that, the first one that actually kind of got him uh, a hit on the charts was this uh, Knight Rider from the album Wolf Creek Pass. And it is, I, I, I was trying to explain it to someone. I'm like, it's like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Uh, but like, you know, meets like some trucker uh, movie like it's just and if you actually look up um, the the album cover, like even looks a bit like the Garth Marenghi character. I don't know if you know the British um, dark uh, series um, from the BBC. It's the same brains that did uh, IT crowd and all that. Um, they did a very dark hospital series that's supposed to look like it's from the 80s. Terrible editing, you know, horrible wipes and uh, mistakes in uh, continuity and all these fun things. Um, but the, the main character, Garth Marenghi, is supposed to be this sort of um, uh, Stephen King. Uh, but like you know very washed up and full of full of ego and whatnot and he's got these big glasses and i swear to god he looks like cw mccall so anyway if you're a garth, <laughs> if you're a garth Marenghi fan knight rider is going to be hitting so many buttons for you it's got all these crazy uh, effects from the 80s it's terrible and cheesy and delicious and yum so so that was my favorite find i think for this year's selection it is my favorite so far it might it <laughs> might be my favorite of the whole show um before that prince buster did hard man for dead um, ah, which is Buster. yeah um my wife sigrid says that it sounds like he's singing what a hard mashed potato which sounds <laughs> sounds good enough to me courtney was saying yeah well i'd come back from the dead for some good mashed potatoes as any uh, good irish last would uh to say. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh the, but the, what the song is about hard man for dead meaning it's it's hard to kill the guy um what the lyrics are is there's a you know you, you, he every time you try to kill this guy he comes back um it doesn't say anything about zombies. Um, yeah. In the uh, lyrics, uh, the, them say the cat's got nine life, but this man got got ninety nine life because they pick him up, lick him down, bounce, bounce right back. What a hard man for dead. Nice, um, nice. Well, that's a whole genre of music, isn't it? Like the hard man uh, kind of thing, uh, where it's just like talking about a character that's like super bad and super mean and like impossible to kill. There's like a, a kind of a genre of this. It's like an oral tradition about like what yeah. a bad, bad man that he is. Yep. Yeah. I love, I yeah, love yeah. those hard. 1966 songs. was that song um, from the wonderful Prince Buster. One more thing about there's a, uh, there is a reference in the song. Um, uh, what, they say he's waiting for the nine night to come mm-hmm. nine night. And I'll read this because it's it, it was fascinating to me. Is a death ritual that stems from the revivalist religions and revivalist beliefs. Um, uh, oh, uh, believe certain rituals had to be followed out of respect for this the deceased. Otherwise, they would return through obeya to torment the living. The first night featured the wake. The second and third days were the funeral, and the three remaining and, and the remaining days brought visitors. But the ninth night highlighted the entire ceremony with singing and feasting until morning. A memorial service may occur on the anniversary of the departed. Nine night is still observed by many Jamaicans today, even if they have no association with a revivalist cult. Um, it, it's a big long article on what going is going on in this song, and just oh, wow. that one little part was fascinating to me. And um, there's also uh, some people actually, 
He said, it's such a great party. People will ask around to see who's sick or dying so they could wait for their nine night <gasps> party. So they, one, can go to it. And two, if they can if they can make enough of a ruckus and do whatever they need to do, they can be the king of the nine night and they get all the free drinks and, and food that they want, even if that they weren't related to the person. That is how you do it. That is fantastic. So oh, there, thought, there, thought, there's I, I some background. To finally, I've redeemed myself a bit. You have entirely. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, how are we doing here? We got enough time for another song or two? Or we do, but um, oh, yeah, you already talked about Gong, which was the first song in the set. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't add the, the end part because you were Please saying do. how like, you know, uh, that, it, you know, it was a, a band. And I corrected you on that, that they are still touring. So they're sadly uh, in, in 2015, uh, uh, the lead singer that we mentioned, uh, David Allen, he actually he came forward. He apparently he'd had a long battle with cancer. Uh, it was like lung and, and, and neck cancer. Um, so he uh, announced that he had six months to live basically he, he passed away in 2015 and then jilly his longtime collaborator and partner she died like within the year uh from complications due to pneumonia so both of them passed on but before he passed away uh it was revealed that he wrote an email to the band prior to his death and he expressed his hmm. wish that the five remaining members continue to perform um and that the front new front man should be uh Kavis tarabi who was uh, already who was in the band at that point um so they announced in 2016 that they were going to con- continue on with the band uh, with Kavis Torabi uh, as the lead singer, uh, with the remaining five uh, members, uh, Fabio Golfetti, Dave Stewart, uh, Ian East, and Cheb Nettles. And they actually used even some um, posthumous uh, recordings, some vocals from David Allen. And get this, the album was called Rejoice, I'm Dead. So I... I <laughs> Again, we're talking about like, you know, it's the Halloween show. So that's just a perfect theme. Uh, uh, just like uh, going out on a good note and, and, and just uh, leaving them all with a smile and a good vibe. I think that's the way to do it. So I thought that was a really beautiful uh, a way to do it. And, and they're touring like even up to this day, actually, uh, May of this year, they actually released their 15th album called The Universe Also Collapsed. Mm-hmm. So you can check them out on gongband.com. Amazing band and, and just like decades worth of incredible music to go through. Um, so, yeah, I guess I got to follow up. I'm, uh, probably only have time for one more, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, we're going to have uh, for um, the, what's the name of my song, uh, my, my, my show um, for, <laughs> for those <laughs> listening and listening to Stop Hitting Yourself. We've got another mm, probably about 10 minutes and uh, then we will end that show and we will continue um, for another, oh, probably half an hour to an hour, depending on how long we hold out and how many songs we have. We, we could probably go for oh, we hours. Have we got hours. <laughs> we have, we got but songs. we'll go for another hour to make it uh, the two-hour um, Radio Mysterioso annual Courtney and Me uh, Halloween special. So, so what, what should what I close out coming? with? Do you, want, do, you want, do you want funny or do you want creepy? Hmm. Well, it is I've, FMU. I've, so FMU? maybe I'm funny go, might... Funny, funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go for the next one that was on my list. Uh, it's from 1986 from a band called the Bollock Brothers. Uh, <laughs> this one's called. They were the Bollock Brothers with this British punk act. They were formed in '79 with the whole punk boom. Uh, it was a London promoter, DJ manager, Jock McDonald, uh, uh, who, who founded them. Um, and and while all these other bands kind of surged in England, they had a lot of the time uh, making uh, success uh, in in America and in England because of the band name, which they refused to change. But they are yeah. actually a really big hit. They continue to tour and have a lot 
lot of success uh, in uh, in Belgium, in Germany, in France. They're still touring to this day. They're booked into 2020, um, but they're hilarious. <laughs> they actually they're well known for doing uh, English language. Well, one of their big tracks what they did was an English language cover of Serge Gainsbourg, uh, Gainsbourg's song Harley David, Son of a Bitch. Uh, they yeah. also did uh, Alex Harvey's Faith Healer. Um, but I think my favorite thing that I heard that they did was that they did an electro cover of uh, the uh, Sex Pistols albums Never Mind the Bollocks in 1983, <laughs> just a completely electro dance version. Yeah. Uh, uh, so these guys are hilarious. Um, and uh, as I said, I, I just thought this was a, a nice, funny one to uh, to uh, set off the uh, end of our show here. Uh, this is called Drax Black, uh, Drax Back from 
night someone mugged me out in Central Park Now I've had to go away for many's a day But I'm such a nifty healer that I'm still here to say Drag's back I wanna suck your Don't you think twice Your life closed the doors And the thing you can hide The invisible 
thing is already inside. The call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> you know, uh, this, this uh, show with you has just been like the Invisible Man. It's been out of sight. <laughs> Uh, for those listening on Sheena's Jungle Room and Stop Hitting Yourself, this will be, and we'll do a back announce here, this will be the end of this show. We will continue for another hour on Radio Mysterioso, and that'll be posted closer to Halloween because uh, I'm out of town for three days. Uh, but this, if you're listening to now, is uh, uh, your Halloween selection for um, for Stop Hitting Yourself. Um, oh, that was the invisible thing by the casual three. I know nothing about it except I looked on, um, YouTube and the composer credit, uh, for the song is D Goodman. And what I said to Courtney was there is no way that's not Dickie Goodman of Buchanan and Goodman. So, yeah. I think that's one of the fascinating things with doing these Halloween shows. How many people that you find that are like, you know, um, um, well-reputed musicians, but they all kind of have like an alias or they'll just like be an unknown credit. You know, there was something sort of like shameful about, you know, doing such a novelty fair. But these are these are great. Songs. Yeah, but I mean, Buchanan and Goodman was all novelty songs. They did oh, like that's... they did all the drop in uh, records with, you know, uh, oh. with, with like there's a flying saucer has just landed. And then like an Elvis oh, song comes in and that was Buchanan and Goodman. And so oh, I, th- and, okay. and it was, uh, I can't remember the, uh, Buchanan's name, but D Goodman is, is, uh, his name was Dickie yeah. Goodman. Um, and his name and, and Buchanan's name show up all over the place together and separately all through like the 1950s, 60s, I think even to the seventies of novelty music. I mean, that's all they did. So, um, as far as I know, I'm probably, I'm sure, you know, Reverend Otis or somebody would say, no, 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 no. They did a whole symphony <laughs> one time. And you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thanks for listening. And I will be back next week. Um, hopefully Courtney, you could come on and do more shows with me because your music, you, I mean, you find the most amazing stuff. Um, uh, I'm trying to get Courtney to, um, when she has the time. Uh, to have her own show on uh, Sheena's. And we're all awaiting that. So just know that. Uh, it sounds like fun to me. As I said, I'm a sort of like, I got my plate full right now. I'm doing a, a night course actually in, in photography and sort of expanding into my uh, my my career there. But uh, as soon as that's off the plate and I get some, a few more extra hours in the day, that would definitely be uh, something that I would love to participate in. So yeah, let's keep tuned for that for sure. Okay. Let me uh, do a, do a uh, outro sort of oh you know what i'm gonna play and then i could that i could uh, fade out of is um a grim grinning ghosts from the <laughs> from the haunted mansion featuring trevor oh. uh thorough ravenscroft yes, yes if you ever on the ravenscroft yeah if you've ever been on the haunted mansion ride in disneyland this song was recorded in the 1950s and it still plays at the end of of the Haunted Mansion ride, there is a graveyard and there are busts of people's heads, like marble busts of heads, on top of gravestones. And the gravestones are kind of falling over and stuff. But what they've done, the Imagineers back then, and it's probably one of the first times anybody had really done this, is they projected 16 millimeter film synced to sound onto the faces. So it looks like they're, you know, it's like the heads are animated and singing on top of these gravestones right in front of you as you go by in your little, what are they called? Doom mobiles. And <laughs> um, all the p- people I believe that are singing are actually on there and they're, and their faces are moving while they're singing because, you know, it's synced to the song and Thurl Ravenscroft face 
is singing as oh. a dis, as a head on that on the on the tombstone. It's his face being projected on him when he's singing in his very Tony the Tiger voice that everybody knows. You can see his eyebrows going and everything because it was you know they just filmed him as the as you know so the the person that's projected onto the onto the uh, gravestone is the actual person that was singing and in this he's case literally, he's literally a grinning ghost now yes that is amazing yep <laughs> irony sweet sweet irony yeah i mean i should do a whole uh, fmu actually has a whole thorough it's called thorough festival if you go and look through uh-huh. their pages and there's like 30 songs with thorough ravenscroft in it and i found wow. a few more i think i may play some of the ones that i found um on top of those uh, at some point. But here's uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts. Thanks for listening to Stop Hitting Yourself. See you next week. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks for having me. All right. Always a blast. And stay Look tuned if you're, time. I'm sorry, stay tuned if you're on um, uh, listening to Radio Mysterioso and we will give you a whole nother hour of uh, insanity. Here we go. Those creak in the tombstones quake. Happy haunts materialize. And begin to vocalize. Grim Grinning Ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide For a silly spook may sit by your side Shrouded in a dark disguise They pretend to terrorize Grim Grindos come out to The moon climbs high over the dead oak tree. Boots arrive for the midnight tree. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes. Start to shriek and harmonize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. When you hear the knell of a requiem bell. Spirits well. Restless bones etherealize. Rises spooks of every size. <laughs> okay, so here's... Um, the continuation of the Halloween show, Halloween special, with my friend Courtney O'Hearn. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has become a tradition on Radio Mysterioso, and there were people actually clamoring this year to hear the special, Courtney. Oh, my God. I was so flattered when you told me that. No, I look forward to it so much, so that it means a lot to me that other people are looking forward to this, too. This is, uh, like I told I told you from the first episode, like, this is my Christmas. So uh, yep. this is the thing I, I, I do the countdown to, and I'm sitting here i'm surrounded with um i decorated my little setup i've got uh my rocky erickson record staring at me my Mm -hmm. saint of halloween i've got uh my little uh spider uh uh, you know bowl of treats next to me and a little bottle of uh gothy wine and i'm just having the most wonderful time thank you for having me it's always a treat and speaking of this is this is this is year three yeah yeah so can can i make a personal request for my for my next uh selection Yes, it, it, it is your turn. Oh, yeah. It's off my main list, but since we're going into overtime here, uh, I'm going to dip into my extras there. I'm going to go for the three witches since it's lucky number three. Uh, that's the Ross oh. Brunetti track. Um, Let me find it's on the top it. of my extra okay. ones that I sent you. Uh, not really much a lot of information on this guy. He's from Br- Brooklyn, New York. Uh, you can check him out on rossbrunetti.bandcamp.com. A uh, ton of really cool Halloween and Christmas novelty songs. So I might dip into this for my Christmas collection as well. But uh, just a fabulous little track um, based off of uh, one of my favorite Shakespearean plays. So uh, yeah, let's dip it up. It, 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 clocking in at 3.03 on our third year anniversary. <laughs> this is Three Witches. Ooh, 
Uh, the Ribcage Mambo by Frenchie. Uh, I couldn't really find out much about this artist. It was featured on a compilation album from 98 called Halloween Hootenanny. Um, but I just kind of liked it. It just, you know, it reminds me of the theme of, um, of Sex in the City, but like, oh, like yeah. With a dark kinda, yeah, yeah, but with like a dark uh, kind of gothy twist. So I was like, oh, this the vibe is like Sex in the Cemetery. <laughs> hey, Greg, did you, do you know what the best part about uh, the show Sex in the Cemetery is when the plot thickens? Uh, <coughs> I'm, here. <laughs> I'm here all night. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. I, I was a terrible joke I thought of and I wanted to tell it. So you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, what else did we have in before there? that? My- Satan was her is her name by Steve King. I have no idea oh. who that is or any background on it. But the, there's a nice like um, a seductive woman voice in there. Um, oh, yeah. Telling you. Uh, wait, let's see what it says here. Satan is her name by Steve King and the Echelons, 1962 on the Mercury label. Nothing else about that, but it is, yeah, yeah it is, it yeah, is a product of its time. a product of its time. Yeah, there's a lot of these like kind of like uh, anything that's in the 45s, man. I mean, that's the thing. People only got to put out like a one or two tracks. Sometimes right. they do it under a pseudonym. So it's, yeah, it can be a little difficult to track down that, any info. That was one of those um, ones you look for and you go, well, that one's a keeper. So you don't even, yeah. you know, I didn't even look any further. It's like, okay, that one goes in the list. And before yeah, that was yeah, yours, yeah. The, the amazing O'Keefe. <laughs> Yeah, that was another one. Not a lot of information. Actually, again, with the pseudonyms. So this was the Oki Finoki uh, by the Holly Twins. Uh, they also went by, well, they were Jonelle McQuag and uh, Glenelle McQuag, and also known as the McQuag Twins. So I guess they had um, uh, some legit rockabilly hits uh, uh, under the the, the the term the McQuag twi- Twins. Uh, they did some singles with Eddie Cochran, actually. Wow. Um, and they were, they were, I found out they were also they were messing around. There we go. But I think because maybe this was a different thing. I don't know. They had they they had this other sort of act, the Holly Twins. Uh, but it's such a great song. I had to pick it for the Foley for the just wonderful soundtracks going through yeah, that. It's not amazing. really a Halloween song, but it's wonderful. So I guess well, the Oki uh, Oki uh, is famously um, this this huge swampy uh, land that is it's right on the border of between Georgia and Florida. And it's notoriously difficult to navigate and filled with all this killer wildlife, all these crazy things that can kill you. So um, because of its isolation, I found out this was very fascinating. Um, people have tried to sort of like conquer the land or go in there and whatever. And, and uh, you know, since like, you know, the, the before, but like not many people could survive it. Um, and so it's notoriously difficult to navigate. So the people who live there, uh, uh, they're called swampers. And uh, due to the relative isolation. Yeah, it's a great name though. Yeah. Uh, due to the rel- due to the relative isolation, uh, because no one else can kind of get in there. So the the, the the swampers they speak a dialect. It uses a lot of Elizabethan phrases and syntax. So it's been it, it's been preserved since early colonial periods, uh, and this is like a speech that was common, like you know, in earlier uh, times in England. But like uh, to modern times, if you go there now, you'll have these people living in this very kind of barren uh, swampland areas. But apparently, they're speaking like with Elizabethan English, which I just think is a delicious, uh, co- you know, combination. Mm-hmm. So, and I was going to say to you, Greg, because um, uh, the first time I heard it, I was actually um, um, uh, assuming that it had something to do with a song that you love, which is the uh, Oki from Miss. So I thought that, you know, a future project no. for us might be like a, a mashup, maybe like Oki Finoki from Muskoki. <laughs> just, just an idea. I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to pitch it right now. <laughs> That's a great idea. See, I get all these ideas from people. I played, I played, I think, a version of um, a Miserloo 
on one of my oh, shows, yeah. and I said I've got like ten versions of Miserloo, and one of the I think oh, it yeah. was um, um, who was it? Rich Rich from from Seattle said, um, "I got a show for you, Miserloo loves company." <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. This is why we're friends. This is why we're friends. <laughs> um, before, right. before that voice in the, the voice in the graveyard, Jack Blanchard and Misty Morgan, a couple of our, our favorites. favorites. Yes. God bless. Oh my goodness. Like, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be Halloween without a little Jack and Misty. I'm yeah. You. And that's, uh, <laughs> I have no background on that song, except it sounds like it comes from the same, you know, mid 1970s period of their and it actually actually sounds like um um what's it called great isn't great speckled bird it's great oh god what bird i gotta look it up now i really have to find out <laughs> oh um what was Texas their bird is, song um, go ahead was, um, um oh god i'm trying to remember now tennessee bird walk that's it it's kind of like tennessee bird walk they have another one called like you know um black bird or something like that Tennessee Birdwalk was the one that I know. And then what else is there? Uh, Jack and Misty Bird. Let's go. Great Uncle Google knows the answers. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, my God, they have so many great songs. And um, okay, are they still recording? They- I don't think they're still recording. I mean, they're really old. And I think they're both yeah. still alive because Jack was. They, ha- we- they have a website and they do put updates. There, There is kind of posts. But, like, I don't. I wrote an email to them one time. I think I mentioned this on one of the shows because I, I wanted to do uh, an animation, yeah. the Skeletons, but I never heard anything back. So it could yeah. just be one of these maybe dead websites. But I've seen maybe maybe a, a, one of their uh, children or someone else is uh, uh, putting updates because like every now and then I'll get like a post. They're on. They're active on Facebook. I get I get posts every now and then from their Facebook really page, so. yeah, yeah, that, yeah they they had a song called Blig, Big blah, 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 Big Black Bird on their on their album Birds of a Feather from 1969 which also included Tennessee Aww. Bird Walk so yeah oh Aww. and Yellow Bellied Sapsucker which is a, yes, another yeah, amazing yeah. song um, so that was Jack and Misty with Voice in the Graveyard they're one of their one of their weirdo songs that is actually is a Halloween song all right Jack and uh, Misty. So yeah, uh, I think for my next one, I'm going to veer into something a little bit weird. Did you describe um, the three witches before we went into the set? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that was the thing. I didn't tell you my, oh yeah. So the three witches one, uh, we mentioned it was this guy, uh, uh, Bernetti. Um, I didn't really have much information on him. He was kind of on my um, my backup list because I couldn't find much info, uh, but he's got an excellent uh, uh, band camp site. And he has all of his information on there. There's a bunch of um, kind of cool novelty songs, typically Halloween themes. Uh, and he has a lot of Christmas ones as well, uh, Ross Bernetti. But what I didn't go into was uh, my Three Witches uh, anecdote for you, which was uh, that. Um, so I have a, a bit of we, we, we know the Three Witches from the famous The Scottish Play, which yeah. is a Shakespearean play that you, you're not supposed to say the name. It's very much uh, bad luck. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, uh, I have my. <laughs> I have uh, my own like kind of three witches story. Uh, it happened back when I was going through NASCAD, which is the, the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design. Actually, it, go- it starts a little further back. In, in high school, I had actually done, I had to present a couple scenes from Hamlet for a class project. And so uh, but with my interest in illustration, I did a comic book version. But I kind of like put them in like, I, I changed the words to modern prose and I put them in modern clothing, but it was like, you know, the same. But I kind of made it like, uh, uh, you know, an anachronism. I kept some old things and threw in mm-hmm. some modern twists. So uh, when I had to do an illustration project in my NASCAD years, I thought, oh, I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to do 
my favorite one, which is the one about the witches and all the murder and all the creepiness, because like uh, I was a weird kid and I still am. Um, so so I chose to do uh, I chose to do a comic book representation of Macbeth. So um, I, I went into detail being the research nerd that I am. I, uh, you know, for, for my characters, I looked up Macduff Tartan. I looked up Macbeth Tartan family tartan on the appropriate characters i found a picture of this creepy old cave and apparently that was the cave that like supposedly witches lived in during shakespeare's time and he kind of like got inspired by them and wrote the characters about them but the whole thing about uh, macbeth being bad luck comes from the fact that this the, the rumor is well there's two rumors one is that it's a it's a big huge play filled with a ton of special effects and action and because of the, the grandeur and the scope of it uh, people typically get hurt the other rumor though which is the one i like is that he used uh, bad juju so he took um uh, actual spells but then he was like eh these aren't exciting enough you know i'm gonna i'm gonna jazz them up a little because <laughs> that's how because uh, that's how show business talks. come on that, that's how shakespeare talk eh these are you know i'm gonna jazz them up a little bit so he actually like you know put in a bunch of other stuff but when you you know mess with a with a magic spell you yeah. create bad magic and so when people were reading these spells off on the stage they created all this bad juju Chaos, and yeah. then, like there was people who died people who had bad you know bad accidents so here I am and I'm like, oh, but I'm doing a comic book version and I'm not even using the real words like I'm doing. I'm translating the words into modern day speak. So I should be fine, uh, thought innocent me. So anyway, I go and I do the thing. I do all the drawings, all the illustrations. Everything's fine. Everything's going along swimmingly. It's a major project. I'm working over it over a couple months. Then I come to the part very end right before the due date that I go to throw in the text. So I throw in the words into the comic and I had this weird thing where like my computer crashed. Now that it, it happens sometimes yeah. it's like, you know, back in the early 2000s, it, we're working on a school full of like Macs and things crash, things go bad. But I lost all my work for that day. The text just disappeared. So it was the end of the day at that point. They were like, well, we're closing up. But, you know, the good news is you can come in tomorrow and you can put in your words and you'll be fine. I'm like, oh, I still got a full day that I can, you know, get this done. It's due the next day on Monday. So I come in early Sunday morning and I'm like, I already know how to do it. It'll be fine. I'm typing in my things or whatever. As soon as I started working on the project and open it it crashed now when i rebooted the system try to open my file the entire thing is missing like it's gone like i have all the files like the the the, the, the bits of tartan the bits of this the bits of that but my my actual you know illustrator file is gone i take it to i'm freaking out at this point i take it to the cage they're looking at it they're like i don't know um my professor he now he knows that i've been working on this all this time he saw me he's like look the good news is you already got an a like i know you worked on this for like weeks i saw some people just putting this together like you know two days ago like you're fine for your mark but it really sucks he's like give me the disc i work at cbc or, uh, and, and we have this like thing like what well, you know Greg like uh, from working with tech like when you delete something it's not fully deleted There's still right. it's just waiting for play, something to write over it exactly until you do that so he's like give me the disc nothing's happened to it I'm going to do a scrub we're going to find it he came back and he he looked creeped out he's like it is the weirdest thing he is <laughs> like it's as if it was never there uh, he's like, we did a scrub. There's no traces whatsoever. I know you. I know that file. I saw you working on it, but it's completely vanished, which doesn't happen in the world of tech. No. And I looked at him and I was like, I should have stuck with fucking Macbeth <laughs> or, or fucking Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. I should have stuck with Hamlet. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my three witches story. <laughs> and uh, uh, don't mess with the bad juju, man. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's freaky. It's freaky stuff. What do you want to play next? 
Ooh, well, speaking of creepy sounds, I think it's time for me to whip out the ghost song. I was, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I almost finished the, um, uh, the stop hitting your stuff with this one, but we, we, we saved it for the people, the, the true freaks that, that kept on listening for the two hours because we can talk about these songs all night. Yeah. So, okay, I found, I was researching music and I saw this, I came upon this thing called the ghost song. So this became an internet creepypasta. Have you ever heard the term? Yep. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, where, uh, that's where uh, Slenderman came from. Exactly, exactly. It's an online urban myth. So there was this internet rumor about the ghost song, and it's that the scariest thing that you'll ever hear, <laughs> and the guy who wrote it, he totally killed himself, like, right afterwards. But except, like, the, the, the guy... The guy who wrote the song is David Byrne, and he's still alive and well. Thank God. Knock wood. Um, uh, so anyway, David Byrne wrote this song. It's called Horses, actually, in real life, uh, or IRL, as the kids say. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a song uh, from a score that he did for this German performance piece. It's called In Spite of Wishing and Wanting. It's from 1999. So so Byrne did the entire original score for it's like an hour long piece. Uh, and, and during this particular piece uh, called Horses, there's like a bunch of shirtless men gathering galloping and being whipped and groomed um you you can find the video on youtube it's well worth a watch and if you also want to see something funny uh, uh you can actually look up there's reaction videos <laughs> just these, these clueless teens listening to this song not even knowing who this is they they believe the creepypasta and they're getting freaked out of their minds uh over this song so um let's all give a listen i highly recommend if you have headphones to put them on now because this is this is just an audio uh delight from 
The shaggy, hunched werewolf of London stalked the stone streets in the rain, carrying in his left hand a neatly folded Chinese menu, pale as birch bark. Pleased at his inability to locate the restaurant whose menu he bore and consumed with a perfervid yearning for a gargantuan platter of glistening beef chow mein. He shook the night's rainwater out of his luxuriant fur and intoned, Awoo! Halted, he cast a lethal stare with his yellow iris slit pupiled eyes at the humbuzz neon lights across the thoroughfare to behold Li Ho Fuchs. Awoo! the werewolf of London cried, Awoo! Two, window pane, rat a tat, rat a tat tat, at that, Awoo! What strong-limbed, curved-spined, long-digited, pointed-eared, sharp-toothed, hook-legged, bone, blood-jawed lycanthrope is how-howling at the kitchen door? Oh, better not to let him in, no. Little old lady got mutilated last night. Awoo, says he. Werewolves of London again, says I. Three, Mayfair. The newspaper boy holds up a copy of the late edition, ink smudging onto his fingertips, passerbyers slow as they read the splashed headline. The newspaper boy, Extra, extra! The hairy-handed giant who ran amok in Kent last night had lately been overheard in Mayfair. Extra, extra! A passerbyer, admonishingly, you better, you better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out. The newspaper boy, in a newspaper cap, loud trousers of white and Tuscan sand and mahogany, knee-high black socks and a billowing linen shirt with the sleeves rolled up forearm by one-third. I'd like to meet his tailor. The piano, ebulliently. Din-din. Din-din. Din-din-din-din. Dun-dun-dun-din-din. Din-din. Din-din-din-din. The werewolf of London. Ow. Four. Well, I once saw Mr. Lon Chaney. Yes, he was walking, he was gallivanting with the Queen and her retinue, yes, and I wondered whether their bodies were in a performance, a stark imitation of the Werewolf of London. But, lo, also saw I Mr. Lon Chaney Jr., and he too, even he, in the midnight hour, was without the Queen, and my God, together they engaged in the act, and I thought it must be... But no, it couldn't be. But it was. In that moment, it could only be the werewolf of London. And deep in the marrow of my bones, the very bones he himself would crack in his mouth, he could. I felt the darkest howl, even in the dark eventide. He held I, a werewolf, solitary at Trader Vic's, lost amongst the tiki, the tapa, the torches, the lagoons, the lava, and what it was he held up to his lips, but oh a pina colada and a dollop of the foam remained on the fur of his upper lip and perfect was his hair his hair was perfect and when have you ever seen anything like that you can't even remember can you and a woo said he a woo a woo Oh, God, I think I flubbed one little line there, but I think it's pretty good. No, that it's was pretty bad. damn good. You're, you're good at the first take, <laughs> the first take keepers. Um, what was that? Oh, cheers, cheers. That was uh, Warren Zevon 
uh, his famous song, of course, The Werewolves of London, as written by James Joyce. And this was a piece that was put on McSweeney's.com, uh-huh. written by Ant- Anthony Sams. And uh, I just, I, 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 that's popped up on my feed uh, just recently. And um, I, I awooed with laughter uh, <laughs> reading it. And I thought it would be a, a fun little read since we've started this sort of uh, spoken word tradition on our show. So, yes, uh, Anthony Sams, Were- Warren Zevon's Werewolves of London by James Joyce. You can check that out on McSweeney's.net. That was excellent. Um, before that was, you already explained uh, David Byrne's uh, composition, Horses. Yes. Um, or, or parentheses, AKA, The Ghost AKA Song. AKA The Ghost Song. Yeah. Uh, but yes, much, uh, an incredible piece by Byrne, who, as I said, just never ceases to amaze. Of course not, ever. When we were planning this show, uh, Courtney said, oh, I've got this great recording of um, Kirby Stone 4 doing Raven. And I said, that's mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite groups doing one of my favorite songs by the way, I've got four other versions of the Raven, and said, Courtney said, well, "I got about three or four other versions too." <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, why don't we do a Raven rave up at the uh, end of the show uh, until mm. you don't want to hear Raven anymore, uh, evermore? <laughs> it's, it's a murder of ravens, isn't that what a group of ravens is yeah, called? Yeah, we're going to mur- oh, no, murder crows. It's yeah, a murder yeah. of crows. I don't know what it is with ravens. Uh, raven group. It's a uh, homicide it also, of ravens. Yeah, homicide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, here I have it. I looked it up. It is an unkindness or a conspiracy. That's right. Yeah, an oh, unkindness of ravens. So we're going to be very unkind to you people and play like, what, we got like six versions of various songs based on Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Okay, what I want to do first, actually, um, because this piece is very short and it's mm-hmm. the end of a track from the Spike Jones 1959 record, A Spooktacular in Screaming Sound. Ooh, yes. And I thought he just produced this, but I looked up Spike, you know, I looked up what was going on with Spike Jones. It's he's mm-hmm. the band he's credited on the album as band leader, drummer, and vocals. Um, but Paul Freeze is on here, and you can hear his voice in here. And if you know who Paul Freeze is, um, you'll recognize. And if you don't, you'll recognize him too. Um <laughs> It's a piece called This Is Your Death, which is supposed to be a parody of the This Is Your Life show. But um, it's a mad scientist, and the mad scientist has created a two-headed monster, and the two-headed monster are both beatniks. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to play that because the last 30 seconds of it or or so is a reading of modified reading of of the raven or pieces of the raven, at least the ones that most people know. And um, then we'll probably have four, five, six other versions of <laughs> some, <laughs> some version of The Raven, um, the, the classic. And then uh, we'll surprise you with some more Raven stuff here on Radio Mysterioso with Courtney O'Hearn here for 2019 Halloween. Positively amazing, Doctor. Two perfect feet, two perfect legs, two perfect hands, two perfect arms. And two perfect heads. What a monster. We're not a monster. We're beatniks. Yeah. We love to go to coffee houses where beatniks go. Everyone you meet, the coolest, there's nothing they don't know. Actors, writers, dear. 
bearded artists, jazz and poetry. God's my two-headed monster. We're what the peasants call progressive way out as we can be. Once upon a midnight dreary and a golden weekend weary over many a curious volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, someone rapping on my chamber door. In their stepping as they raven, as Ghastly, grim and ancient raven Tell me what the lordly name is Both the raven never, never more Oh, never more Good evening, fiends Once upon a midnight, the dreariest, like I was really beat, man, the weariest. You see, I was craving that high-flying raven, and she was gone. Real gone! I tell you, Dad, I was really low, cause like I had eyes to go, 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 man, I just had to see her. Cause if I lost her, like, why go on? Oh, raven, raven, sweet raven, I come. I brought some sweets and posies, so like, say it's cool. But all she said was, Like, baby, why the chill? Next night I was moaning and whining, cause in the purple shadows was shining her raven hair and her raven eyes. Man, they drive me wild. Crazy! So like I emptied all my pockets And I spent my gold on some beads and lockets Cause all I could beg and borrow I'd give that devil child Oh, raven, raven Sweet raven, I come A-knockin' on your door I got diamonds and rubies So man, say you dig me But all she said was Then the fire flared up the flukiest. I thought I heard some cats say the spookiest. Man, don't offer prizes. Just bring your true love. That was all. Oh, was all. It was just a whisper, the haziest. But like my ticker was pound in the craziest. So like I made my mind up that I would pay her just one last call. Oh, raven, raven, sweet raven, I come. Look, baby, I'm putting the story to you straight. I'm not looking to make time. That little square with the arrow has got me. Crazy, baby, I'm glad you saw the light, cause like we got a swinging thing here, dig? Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. 
nearly napping Suddenly there came a tapping As of someone gently rapping at my chamber door To some visitor I muttered Tapping at my chamber door Only this and nothing more Ah, distinctly I remember It was in the pink December And the separate dying ember Brought its ghost upon the floor Eagerly I wished the morrow Vainly I had sought to borrow From my book surcease of sorrow For the lost Lenore For the rare and radiant maiden Whom the angels named Lenore Nameless here forevermore Deep into that darkness peering Long I stood there wondering, fearing Doubting, dreaming, dreams no mortal Ever dared to dream before But the silence was unbroken And the stillness gave no token And the only words there spoken Was the whispered word Lenore This I whispered and an echo murmured back the word Lenore Merely this and nothing more need the birdie. Open here I flung the shutter When with many a flip and flutter In there stepped a stately raven Of the saintly days of yore Not the least obeisance made he Not a stopped or stayed he But with mean of lord or lady Perched above my chamber door Perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door First and sat and nothing more Then this ebony bird beguiling I set fancy into smiling By the grave and stern decorum Of the countenance it wore Though thy crest be shorn and shaven Thou I said art sure no craven Ghastly grim and ancient raven Wandering from the nightly shore Tell me what thy lordly name is on this night's Plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfume from an unseen censer, sung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkle on the trumpet floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God has lent me, by these angels he has sent me, be my loneliness unbroken with the bust above my door. Court, Edgar, the swinging Edgar Allan Poe's magnificent torch, the raven, has translated into the semantic of the hip. Now you see, Poe didn't want that bird, he didn't need the bird, he didn't dig the bird, he didn't send for the bird, he didn't even know what Avery the bird came from. If they'd have knocked the bird on him, Poe's paid, he wouldn't have dug it, because he was hung in front for a chick by the name of Lenor, who had already swooped the satellite, but that didn't bug Eddie. He's still knocking that torch and coal on there, say, can they see me in Flip City? But just like I say, so many times, 
When you don't want the bird, when you don't need the bird, when you haven't got the first possible use for the bird, uh -huh. that's when you get it. And that's what happened to Poetti. He say, it was a real drug midnight. <sighs> Dreary. I was goofing, beat and weary over many a freakish volume of forgotten score when suddenly there came a tapping as if some cat were gently riffing, knocking rhythm at my pad's door. Ah, tis the landlady, I muttered. On her broom she flies the rounding, sounding for her rent. Which? Only this and nothing more. Mm. No, if I get out of this spin, I... Ah, so solid, I remember. It was in that bright December, and its swinging, jumping yumber blew its phantom upon the floor. Groovily, I wooed them all. Still hung, I sought to ball from my book kicks to knock the sorrow sorrow from my gauntlet awe for that sweet square, but... Swinging maiden, whom the fly chicks tag Lenore, nameless here, forevermore. Oh, man. And the silky, weirdy tanning of each papa curtain moved me, hung me with freakish riffles never done before, so that now, to cool the beating of my ticker, I stood repeating to some strange midnight stud that's sounding a money beat on my pad's door, a deuce to cool the mortal or some juice to drown his sorrow, some lightweight beef this, and nothing more. Jack, I said, or Jilly, if I've crossed you, <laughs> don't jump saw, but the solid truth is, this cat was napping, and so cool did you come tapping, and so light hip you came rapping rhythm at my pad's door, that I was scarce sure I dug you. Here I opened wide the slammer jack. I dug the breeze, and nothing more. Oh, what are they trying to do to me? I'll show them. What do they think? I fight my way out of this? What, do you... oh, what was that? Look out, look out, look out. Take it easy, take it easy, take it easy, take it easy. Stoned into the darkness peering, long I stood there. I was hung there, flipped and fearing. King spinning dreams no model cat had ever rode before. But the gas was unbroken, digging so hard my wig was gone. But Nathan shaking, Nathan showing, just one radar blip was going. The whispered word, Lenore. The sigh sounded and it sounded back, Lenore, this one sad lick, and nothing more. Oh, don't they leave me alone? Why don't they leave me alone? They're taking me. So I'd be frustrating me in. I backed into my pad, still turning. 
All this jazz within me burning. Then again, I dug the tapping. A stronger beat than was before. I'm solid hips and I don't dig what that is jumping to my window lattice. Let me get hip what the rat is and this deep flip I will explore. Let my pounders stay cool tomorrow and this flip I will explore. Jack, I drew a blank. And nothing more. Who do they think they are to do this semi? Gone full out, I flung the shutter, when with many a flip and flutter, in there stomped a king-size bugbird jack from way back days of yore. Not a minute tipped or hung he, not a minute brought or down he, but with stance of king and queen, he swung above my sweet pad's door, lit upon the busted palace. <sighs> Sad goofing there. And nothing more. I'm solid hip, said I, that you're no craven. Gas a grim and beat up raven goofing from the night's Plutonian shore. Swing hip me to what thy tag is on the night's Plutonian shore. Flip the bugbird, never more. Solid wake me, this bird, to dig me though it cocked out not upon the score. For we cannot help agreeing that no single human being ever was so sent by seeing a wig like this above his pad's door with such a tag as Nevermore. Now you see this blasted bugbird came bugging Edgar and gave him such a dreadful time of it that Edgar now wants to divorce the bird. He wants to expel the bird. He doesn't care whether the bird Lou Newly nor Eleanor or any of these cats. He wants to blow the bird. So he, I think the bird put one too many nevermores on him. I don't know how much they weigh, but it was just enough to flip that little Isinglass at the end of the fuse and <laughs> blow the whole gig. Poe is now flipping. He looks at the bird and he says, by this lick, you have flipped my meter, you nauseous gasser, you endless repeater. Screw before I blow my red house stack. Blow back to your plutonian shore. Leave no feather on my heather. Take your black jazz bow together. Leave this pad my torch unbroken. Screw from the roost above my door. Flip the bugbird, near as ever, Nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Nothing hurts as strong as knowing you've done wrong, and not one thing can make it right again. I don't blame you for walking out the door, but when you did, that raven flew right in. Nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Your one big chance for love went out the door Oh please Raven tell me when She'll be back again Nevermore quote the Raven Nevermore I said Raven what's my fate Tell it to me straight Can I mend that gentle heart I broke Will I end up alone Or will she come back home 
The raven thought a moment, then he spoke. Nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Here one big chance for love went out the door. I said, raven, tell me when she'll be back again. Nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Then he spread his wings and flew back out the door. And the voice that sealed my doom still echoes in my room. Nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Nevermore, quoth the raven, nevermore.
the hell was that, woman? <laughs> Are you still there? We were so unkind. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, that's you. Oh, uh, that's me. I have a, I have an eagle. Uh, There's an ad coming up. There's an ad coming in. Yes. That's the right. most demonic. The, the most demonic sound. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that? What was that, Courtney? Oh my God! Well, that was our unkindness of ravens. We had uh, several <laughs> different songs, all with the theme of the raven. Bless you for uh, uh, letting me indulge myself and my weird taste by playing the Lord Buckley number. I know oh, that was yeah. a, a, bit, a bit of a lengthy track, clocking in at almost eight minutes. Um, but Lord Buckley is just near and dear to my heart. Um, as I said, he's a good dude. I mean, this is coming from 1956, and this guy was like a kind of adopting um, uh, kind of this like hep speak. He, he was adopting kind of like this old uh, uh, kind of slang from the jazz era from the 30s and 40s, but he yeah. kind of dusted it off and made it cool again in the 50s. Yeah. And it was because of Lord Buckley that the modern beats in the 50s uh, uh, adopted a lot of this hepcat slang. So he was kind of singularly responsible for that. But I found out a really cool thing when I was putting this together because um, I kept trying to find the date on this particular version of this song. And it kept directing me. It was like, oh, 1976. I'm like, well, no, that's not right. That's the compilation album. The song itself was recorded in 56. But the 76 album, which I actually have on vinyl, which is one of my treasured possessions, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, I had no idea. Um, uh, the compilation itself was put together by none other than Frank Zappa. Uh, he was he was uh, apparently uh, uh, vying for uh, you know someone to actually you know put a uh, I mean I mean a lot of these tracks would have been done maybe like singles probably in the fifties but he wanted to do a full LP with you know uh, canonizing uh, the work of this this great man and so Frank Zappa was the one that curated this particular album uh, it's like the Hip Aristocrat I believe from seventy six mm -hmm. and uh, yeah yeah there's a, he he does a couple of other things there's like some um, uh, readings from Shakespeare uh, I think he does like King Lear as well he does. Of course, famously, um, a, a tale about the Jesus of Jesus of Nazareth, just entitled the Naz, and he introduced yeah. that that term into common speak, the Naz, which is used uh, famously uh, in a lot of pop culture references. Probably the most famous being uh, David Bowie. Uh, you know, he was the Naz with God given Naz. <laughs> uh, Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders yeah. from Mars, and uh, Todd Rundgren's one of his groups. And Todd Rudgren also ha does the Naz, and so it's been popularly, if you look it up on Wiki, there's a bunch of things called the Naz, but the term, as far as referring to Jesus as the Naz, that came from Lord Buckley. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he's kind of an overlooked uh, kind of counterculture figure, and uh, I I, uh, I thought it was worth uh, being unkind to you all and slipping uh, almost eight minutes of that in your ear, but it's damn hilarious. He's got away with the words. And then what else did you pick? Uh, uh, before Alan Parsons... Oh, we had Alan. Did you just? Oh, and Alan Parsons. I. This was another one. I found this album randomly. They have an entire album actually dedicated to Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. uh, Nineteen seventy-six. Actually, the same year as the the Lord Buckley uh, feature, which is actually there's another weird coincidence. I just pieced that together. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they, they the entire album is uh, based on like you know the works of Edgar Allan Poe. But this was uh, a, like a very prog rocky, forward thinking, and that album was actually I, I in my research I found out it was one of the first ones. It, I, I no, I believe it was the first album to use that weird vocal synthesizer thing where vocoder. like vocoder. Vocoder. It was the first album to use a vocoder was on this track. Alan Parsons, The Raven. Ah. There you go. History and, being made. And another, another in a series, of, uh, another show I'd like to do is all electronically uh, modulated um, mm -hmm. by human voice or, or, or vocal cords or mouth or something like that because there's so many yeah. 
devices. Uh, the one mm-hmm. the one I can think of besides that is um, it was called the Farad that was invented. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, was called that was invented by um, Bruce Hawk. Ah, uh, okay. He invented uh, one too, and then of course there's the country guy I can't whose name I can't remember that did. Uh, uh, he used to play slide guitar and uh, had a thing in his mouth so he could uh, form words with the slide guitar music going. Oh, through. cool, cool. So yeah, there, yeah. That, that's a whole show there. And, and someone showed me recently another one that someone had a similar thing, but it was hooked into a piano. I could throw that. In. Listen, if you want to do a show, I'm down for the challenge. Oh hell yeah, people. hell yeah, yeah hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Nevermore quote the Raven by Stonewall Jackson a. Um, a uh, down home country thing. I don't know. I know nothing about Stonewall Jackson, although obviously that's a pseudonym. Unless somebody actually named their kid Stonewall Jackson, and we all know where that would come from. <laughs> um, and before Lord Buckley was Buddy Morrow and his orchestra with a very nineteen um, fifties beatnik ish version and reading of the Raven. And before that was your pick, um, which we both love, the Kirby Stone Four. Yes, with their yeah. version of yeah. the Raven. Real gone. <laughs> I've loved that, is, that for years, and the Kirby Stone Four are amazing. I've played them um, on uh, on uh, "Stop Hitting Yourself" a few times. Uh, they're a vocal group from the '50s, and they did some amazing stuff. And they never took themselves seriously. I mean, that um, to me, they were like the Buchanan and Goodman of, of like vocal groups. They were like the Big <laughs> Al of vocal. I'm mean, not Big Al. The the Weird Al of vocal groups, except they didn't they didn't cover anything. They did all. They did all novelty songs in uh, four-part harmony. So they were damned amazing. Um, starting yeah, off beautiful. The, hmm? Oh, beautiful harmonies on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And starting off the set was uh, Two Heads, which was uh, part of a track from the uh, Spooktacular in uh, Stereo uh, by Spike Jones, 1959. Uh, you wanted to close. Oh, and thank you so much, Courtney, for being on the third Annual Radio Mysterioso. Um, Magic number three. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We uh, Thank you so much for having me. This is always a treat. And uh, I look forward to the next one. I look forward for uh, number four. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, hopefully some shows in between then. Let's uh, let's make it happen. I'm yeah. down for the well, vocal we, show. We got well. the Christmas one coming. We were going to do yeah. a Mother's Day one, but we didn't do that one. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I'd like you, if you can, bring some stuff along for um, Stop Hitting Yourself on the FMU station. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we, can, so I, we can. I have to share this stuff with someone. <laughs> might as well share it with people that appreciate it and the nuts that listen to FMU and Sheena's Jungle Room and uh, stop hitting yourself. So thanks exactly. again so much. My kind of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, close it out with, yeah, you wanted to close uh, yeah, it out with a, another song. A, well, after after a long kind of thematic thing, we'll just close it out with something silly. Uh, I, I I found this one again just in my searches. It's a uh, coolest little monster by Electric Frankenstein. Actually, the original song is a is a, is a Zachary. Um, uh, mm. but this, uh, this band that's covering this, they're just this, uh, punk rock band, um, uh, out of, out of Jersey. Um, uh, one of the descriptions, uh, uh that I read of them is like ACDC meets the dead boys, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is an excellent, but it's kind of fun. It's almost like a 12 days of Christmas, but for Halloween, um, he's kind of just describing like all these little, like weird little gifts that he's going to give his cool little monster. And like some of these are just wonderful, just as far as like the, the rhyme and rhythm scheme, um, your own noose for home use, uh, a crate full of hateful. <laughs> one one urn of sunburn, six cups of hiccups, a bin full of sinful. Like the lyrics just are just wonderfulness. So I'm going to leave that with you guys to enjoy. And uh, happy Halloween. Uh, have, a, have yourself a good time. Lots of tricks and treats. And uh, we'll see you next year. Yes. Oh, I forgot. I've, I've got the. Uh, whoa. There you go. Oh, I, had, 
I was waiting all night to use that. <laughs> I've been waiting all night to use the Aztec death whistle, which just came Please in the do. which just came in the mail two days ago for this very show. But you know, I'm going to treasure <laughs> it forever. Here we go. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Coolest Little Monster by Electric Frankenstein. Thanks again, Courtney. Thanks, Greg. Have a great one. You're horrid, you're ghastly, and I love you true. So here are some presents I'm sending to you. I'll send a small box of smallpox, a large tub of hubbub, your own noose for home use. You're the coolest little monster that ever put the spook on me. I'll send a lipstick of arsenic, one urn of sunburn, six cups of hiccups, a bin full of sinful. Cause you're the coolest little monster that ever put the spook on me. You haunt me all the time I'll be true I'm so in love with you Looby dooby 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 Eight nails of hangnails Some pass cards for graveyards A werewolf for your wolf Some bat wings for earrings Cause you're the coolest little monster that ever put the spook on me My dear, you're so ravishing Where did you ever dig up that dress? Monster mine, you haunt me all the time I'll be true, I'm so in love with you Nightwear, some lap robes of earlobes, a hat pin of back skin, and three scraps of kneecaps. Cause you're the coolest little monster that ever put the spook on me. My dear, since I first laid my eyes on you, I can't get them back in the sockets. <laughs> Cause you're the coolest little monster that ever put the spook on me. That's the story from New York City.